You're listening to Tabletop Arcanum, a podcast dedicated to learning and exploring the hobby of tabletop gaming. Your hosts are Justin Taylor and Richard Geese, so sit back and relax as we talk, discuss, and joke our way through the hobby we love so much. Grimy alleys and looming mansions of Arkham harbor eldritch forces, terrifying secrets, and unspeakable monsters. Within these ancient buildings, gibbering madmen and cultists call upon the ancient ones, and beasts unknown by mortal scholars store beneath the gibbous moon. Tonight, a few brave investigators venture behind Arkham's closed doors to make their stand against the madness within. And welcome to Tabletop Arcanum, where your hosts, Justin and Ricky, and today we're coming at you. Uh, over Mansions of Madness, second edition. Second edition, uh, Fancy Flight Games. Yeah, let's, let's dive into this one. I've I've been playing Mansions. Since I've got a whole story behind this thing that I've been loving. But before we do that, how about some role recap? It's been a while. It has been um, a minute. We did a rapid fire episodes of uh, with the Marvel Champions LCG and everything related to that. So, let's talk about what we've been playing since all of that, starting with you. Starting with me, uh, I'm going to go with the basics. You know me. I've been playing a lot of Harry Potter. I live with my girlfriend now, and it's kind of mandatory that we play it on a regular basis. Um, Other than that, I haven't done too much other than paint. So, if you can find a game that goes along with painting, I'd really appreciate it. Again, not painting miniatures. Painting not painting walls. miniatures. Walls. Yeah. Less fun. Because, you know, there is the new Marvel Crisis Protocol minis game, which I could give you minis to paint if you want. Oh, I wish. I want to paint, paint little, so bad. Little, little green hulks and little red caps. I want to play it so bad. Yeah. Speaking of, I have demoed that um, <laughs> uh, in the last couple of weeks. But um, a lot of Marvel Champions, honestly, I've been just... Mm. Uh, playing a lot of that as uh, the groups have been getting together for LCG night, just doing that. Um, we played uh, D and D, the uh, Water Deep, Water Deep Dragon Heist campaign. Expand on that. Mm. Big stuff about to happen very soon. You'll be excited. I'm not going to spoil it here on the podcast. You have to, you know, wait. <laughs> um, got some more Gloomhaven in. That was fun. I'm really digging my uh, Night Shroud class that I unlocked in there and playing that. It is kind of a up-and-close murder machine. Mm-hmm. However, if I do it wrong, I am then super vulnerable to everything trying to murder me. <laughs> so it, it takes a little t- a skill to play, yeah. but it's still a fun one. Uh, and then I did an all-day session of Twilight Imperium and Dune. Sounds like an intense day. It was six players all day. We broke for lunch, played more. Uh, we used the um, ranking in Twilight Imperium to pick factions for Dune. So whoever got first got first pick in the next game. So it was a lot of fun messing around with that. Has uh, Doom lived up? Dune's good. Um, it does, um, I think I've said this before when uh, on the Gen Con recap, it does feel like it's a game that was 40 years old. Mm-hmm. In some aspects, it's been cleaned up. Some of the rules are a little bit better, but it's still the rule book could still use a lot of love because um, there was definitely some clarity issues that we had while playing it mm-hmm. um, compared to like Twilight Imperium, where a lot of things became black and white, especially with the FAQ. 
where it's like, no, this is how this works. The end. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, and then, you know, some refresher on Mansions because it's been a while since I played that, so we we busted that out a little bit too. That's good stuff. Yeah, lots of good stuff. Also, you know, um, apparently all the Kickstarters decided to show up at once. Cause I know. I walk in down here and it's... Uh, yeah, a couple boxes. I got my baby Cthulhu. The uh, biggie. Uh, we were just talking about one does a mini step being a mini and become a biggie. I would classify that as one. Around two feet? Yeah. That thing's gigantic. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's gigantic. I, I'm scared to paint him. Yeah. Like, it's so big, there's so many little details to it, but I'm, like, scared to paint it because it's, like, I I don't even know where to start. Like, it's going to take almost a can to prime them. And then it's one of those, like, if you mess up, it's a whole, like, probably, I, like, yeah, 10 if, gallons of green stuff to hopefully scrape it off. And Yep. He's pretty, though. Um He's pretty expensive too, so yeah. yeah, not for everybody. I I just couldn't say no to a giant Cthulhu mini because the last time I saw a giant Cthulhu mini was the Hero Clicks Cthulhu, which was pretty awesome. <laughs> that guy's dingy compared to this one. <laughs> so, uh, but then uh, Tainted Grail showed up as well, as mm. well as uh, Suro Phoenix Rising. So, I've got some games to play. Yeah, you do. And I well, gotta technically, we've some got some yeah. games to play because we, want, say, I we actually want to talk about all these because while they're fulfilling for Kickstarters now, they are all games going to retail either through CMON, Awakened Realms, or Calliope mm-hmm. Games, respectively. So try to get some knowledge out there for our listeners. Mm-hmm. So if the holidays come up, yeah. Right. Um, I don't know if Grail or Death May Die will be available retail by holidays, but mm. uh, Suro should be. Mm. Um, so we'll see. Meanwhile, uh, we did have a contest for our our uh, tokens from Arbit uh, tokens, uh, threat tokens for Marvel Champions, the LCG. Mm. So we pulled name and winner, and that was that was Michael Dickey. Uh, Michael Dickey will be reaching out to you to figure out how you want us to send these to you. They're beautiful, and you are going to love them. Nice little care package coming your way. Um, Thanks and, to Arbit's Tokens and Tabletop Arcanum. Oh, yeah. And um, we didn't talk since you held the Marvel event. How did the Marvel event go? Oh, the Marvel event. Um, had about 20 players show up. Mm-hmm. Everyone had a great time, taught the game, uh, it was various levels because uh, the local store that I was hosting it through actually had the platinum status with their distributors, mm-hmm. so they were able to actually sell. They actually got the game and sold the game a week earlier, mm-hmm. which helped us out because we were able to like crank through a whole lot of games physically in hand to test out and really get a, a better review going for it. <sighs> However, with that, there's also that. Some people came in that have been playing a while. Some people just picked up their core that night and started playing. So there was a little bit of different skill levels. It was just more organizing the groups, setting up decks, going, oh, you haven't played yet? Let's walk you through some rounds. Let's get you with someone who has played a round or two. Mm-hmm. So we played um, two, three, four, five, six, seven, probably a dozen games mm-hmm. uh, amongst the 20 people total because some people played like two rounds some people just played around and left so it was a lot of fun um 
got the promo cards and the play mats out for people. Mm. So it was a, it was a good time. I've actually seen a couple people return to our LCG night then because mm. of that. So good. All in all, very good. Um, raffled off uh, our bits tokens for the event, mm. as well as um, some Marvel comic books. Mm. And um, while they weren't officially part of the kit, the kits came in these nice uh, cardboard boxes that could hold technically floor play mats and some cards mm. so they're a little oversized for a play mat but uh i've found that they're very good for like a play mat and a, a deck mm. for yourself um so we had because the store got so many kids they're like what do you want to do with these extras and like we can put them in a raffle and give them out so mm. so we gave out some of those boxes too so it was, it oh, was nice. a lot of fun yeah yeah how are the uh how are the play mats they're nice. They're very generic. They're kind of like the cover box art. Oh, so fair you kind of kind of the team, the big logo. Mm. It's not really denoted to one character or another. Um, the promo cards were actually probably the nicer bit because they have the comic box in the upper left corner now. Mm. But that's your hand size and your health ah. instead of like your price tags. Mm. So it makes it look kind of like a comic cover art. Mm. But my biggest thing is now your health and your hand size are larger and more visible compared to a little line at the bottom of your card, which is mm-hmm. sometimes hard to read. Um, that's something you kind of always prefer to because as you flip from hero and alter hero, your hand size can change. So yeah, you kind of want that easy to refer refer to. So yeah. then they're different than the uh, ones that we received at Gen Con then? Same art, different layout. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Cool. So. Cool. Yeah, no, it was super cool in that way. Um, I really hope that this is the new format for the promos. And, and honestly, if they make the main cards look like this when they come out, mm. I'm happy. Because it, it's just a nice design touch that I think uh, brings it up a notch. Good. So, let's talk about... Mansions of Madness. The Madness of Mansions. Second edition. Second edition. Um, One to five player game. Mm-hmm is a adventure-style dungeon-crawling sort of game. So the idea is you're exploring the early scenarios, and we'll kind of get into it, is it's all scenario-based. So the early stuff that it's dumped, the, the core box comes with is very mansions-ish or maybe a small town. Mm-hmm. Um, you're dealing with a localized area, mm-hmm. and you're exploring rooms, you're kicking open doors, finding stuff trying to figure out kind of what's going on because you don't necessarily know what's going on when you start the scenario. Um, this was designed by Nikki Bellens um, and put out by Fantasy Flight Games. The gameplay length varies based on the scenario that you play, same mm-hmm. as the difficulty. So biggest call out in this game is it does have an app, free-to-use app, and you actually tell app which products of, all, uh, of mansions and all the expansions that you own. And it will assemble your maps and scenarios for you in that. But the app will tell you, is this a two-star difficulty, five-star difficulty? Is this a 60 to 90-minute scenario? Or are we looking at um, three, four hours? Mm-hmm. Um, it does range based on that. And you get four scenarios to start with. And each expansion adds two to four more. Mm. As well as new characters, new monsters, new items, new cards, all the fun, more of what you already get. Mm -hmm. With some new twists and turns, and we can kind of talk about that a little bit later, though. Yeah. But ultimately, um, MSRP is $99.99. 
So it is a hefty price tag game, but you get a lot of lot of cardboard tiles with it. You get a lot of plastic miniatures. You get a lot of cards mm-hmm. and cardboard chits, plus the app, mm-hmm. which was co-developed with it. So unlike Descent 2nd Edition or uh, Imperial Assault, where there are apps for those games, and you can have the game run where the app is everyone's co-op and the app is the bad guy per se, those were tacked on as a secondary feature. The app for Mansions of Madness is non-optional mm-hmm. because that is how the game drives. So it's a lot more integrated. Uh, we did Journeys in Middle Earth, Lord of the Rings, which is kind of the next iteration from this. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of where Journeys got a lot of lot of stuff pulled from. Yeah. And it does some things that I like. Um, it Obviously, the Lovecraft theme calls to me mm. oh yeah so first impressions on this box what do you think ricky you know how i feel about fantasy flight and cthulhu games any arkham games that they have it's cool. always very pretty um the box itself i mean it's a hefty box um it does come with a lot i mean you even you you have um almost all the experience you have all the expansions so yeah i've been um, collecting since it came out in 2016 yeah um, if you look at the box itself um, with all the expansions together, it is very intimidating because there is a lot. There's a Correct. lot of um, uh, tiles. There's a lot of minis. There's a lot of just pieces. Um, but it's it seems deceptively complicated because mm-hmm. you get all this stuff and you look at all of it and you go, I don't know what's going on. Um, but then when you actually sit down with the with the app, it's like okay, well, you have all this stuff. This is what these are like the six things you actually need. Set everything aside. Grab these items to start with. Put this tile out. Put these couple tokens on it. Go. Yeah. And that's one of the things that it does better over first edition. So going mm-hmm. back to Mansion's first edition, there was a lot like Descent and Imperial Assault. One player played the bad guy, mm-hmm. and all the other players played the investigators or heroes Mm. so the entire map the entire board was put out made up by the the over um by the the um keeper who was the the bad guy Mm. and he got into control of the monsters which was cool um you don't really have that monster control anymore but the app tells you where they go and who they attack and who they target which is fine um, it feels a little bit more fair than one person like picking on you guys. Mm-hmm. Then the app just going, well, um, person with the lowest agility, guess what? Get wrecked. Yeah. Um, so instead of having the large, and that's why my number one complaint about the first edition, while thematically it was great, it took almost an hour to set it up mm-hmm. to even start playing. Yeah. Because you were setting up the entire map. You're putting out all of the cards. You're putting out all of the doors and the tokens and everything at once. Second edition said, nope, you have no idea what's behind the door, so you don't get to see that tile yet. The app knows, and Mm. when you open the door as an action, it will open the door and tell you what tile to place there, but you don't have to deal with it right away, so that's nice. Yeah. Um, And I think... I think I'm still set in the the first edition because when we when I first opened this box, I just started laying everything out, and you're like, "What what are you doing? Yep, just hold on, aside. click, 
There you go. Find those two, three tiles at once. Yeah. And you're done. Yeah, it's really nice in that sense. You, you're you up and going very quickly, which is one of the strengths of this game. Mm. So let's talk about other things that it does well. A um, couple different ways of doing it. Um, you can play this with your phone. You can play this on a tablet or you can play this on a desktop and through Steam. Um, one of the best experiences I have actually is um, my buddy has a projector. So... We throw that up on the projector wall. Everybody gets to see it on a big, giant projector screen, and then we're playing like right in front of it. Mm. Or you could throw it if you have like a casting TV and you can get your computer monitor display on your, your big screen. Mm-hmm. Do it. It's actually great because then everybody gets to see it. When you're on the smaller devices like your phone and your tablets, it gets a little – you have to pass it around or one person's really kind of showcasing that piece of it. Not everybody gets to see the app. Mm-hmm. Um the benefit is it's very narrative, which is both a boon and a curse for it because if you're the type of player who doesn't really care about the story and the fluff, you can really break this down as, all right, make a strength check. Okay, mm. you passed. Okay, moving on. Click. But there's a lot of like narrative going on of like, okay, why are you making this strength check? Well, the cultist had this pinch of powder, threw it in the air, started glowing, and now your skin's on fire. Yeah. It, it just really takes it to that extra level because it, it mm-hmm. mixes it up, too. It, it yep. keeps everything really fresh throughout it. Yep. Um, the overall markings of the of where things are, what you're trying to do, the game is trying to lead you in the right directions, typically. It's mm. not going to tr- – it doesn't really try to bully you in one way or another in that sense, and the app is really nice. In the sense that it takes a lot of the legwork off of the players and just says, okay, the app's going to take care of the health and track all that. And you just mm-hmm. tell how many damage that you do. Um, I've talked to players about this game and someone will say, well, why can't the app do more? Well, then you kind of take away from the board game. Then it, you it, really don't need to re- have the board game. You want this hybrid experience and that mm-hmm. it it falls into a very well... You're using the app for some things. You're using the game board and the cards for other things. And you're kind of using both almost balanced. Mm. I'd say it leads a little bit more heavily into the app. But that's mostly because most of the things that you're doing on the board, it's like, okay, here's a token. What does this token do? Click the token in the app. The app will tell you what type, what you're trying. Like, you're opening a, cha- uh, a china cabinet. Mm-hmm. Well, the door's stuck. What are you going to do? Try to make a strength check. How many successes did you get? Did you get to open or not? Mm. So it's nice in that regard. Um, it's action economy for the players, which is nice. I like that too. So you get two actions around, but all the players get two actions. All of the players can choose who goes first, second, third, every round. So you can mix it up if you need to, depending on the situation on the board. Um and the actions are pretty simple. It's like, are you going to do something with the token? That's probably an action. Are you going to mm-hmm. move? That's an action. Are you going to attack something? That's an action. Yeah. If, does your card say action? Something, something, something? That's an action. That's an action. Yeah, pretty easy, right? Um, it gets a little more complex when it comes into like, well, things have been lit on fire. How do we turn fire off? Um, you have the ability to barricade sometimes, so... Do you want to throw a bookcase in front of this door? Well, that's a slightly different action. The rules reference really just spells out what are you trying to do. Okay, here, do it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
since 2016, I think this game has grown quite a bit. It, I'm interested in seeing how much more it has in it. Um, I kind of feel like it's kind of hitting its peak, though. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much more they can do without just bloating this game, because even having everything, there's a lot of tiles to shift through. Yeah, we had we had a heck of a time today when we were playing through trying to find uh, um, trying to find certain tiles, and mm-hmm. I mean they they've gotten to the point which we've seen um, that we're not a fan of with some of Fantasy Flight stuff, um, where they reuse art, so yep. they have multiple um, tiles for certain things, and it's just the same. And I, it may be thematic. I'm not entirely sure. You're more familiar with the expansions. But it'll be the same, you know, um, library with just slightly different things in there. Right. The art is, they change up the art, but then there's two different versions of library. There's several different offices. Mm. Um, in the early stuff, they'll say hallway one, hallway two, hallway three, hallway four, hallway five, mm-hmm. or corner hallway, and those those are slightly different, and they, they call out the names differently. the The bad side is figuring out which office are you trying to use because now you're looking at expansion symbols and you may not catch that. Like, oh, I found the office because that's the keyword I was looking for. Mm-hmm. That's tough. Yeah, um, I did some it of twice. the some of the bigger tiles can get like that too because they'll have multiple rooms. There'll mm-hmm. be like a shed in one, but it's an outdoor space. But they're the, the instructions are telling to locate the abandoned shack. Mm-hmm. But you're looking at the other name on the tile and not the shack, so it gets a little tricky that way. Um, luckily, the art is on the app and it kind of t- it's showing you what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. But on the downside, there's a mm-hmm. big block of text that are covering it, and you can't un you can't move past it until you get everything out there. You can't. You can hit next and to get rid of that block of text and see the tile, mm-hmm. but you may miss instructions, and then you have to go back to the message log to figure out what you missed. Mm-hmm. It's challenging at times. Grant, this was like their first iteration of this. Lord of the Rings, Journeys of Middle-Earth does it a little bit better because you can move the map while that box is up a little mm-hmm. bit. So you can actually see the thing that you're trying to put tiles down on. Yeah. So they learned there's really no way of going back and fixing this too easily. Mm-hmm. Um, probably from a coding perspective, it's just a little probably too buried to fix it. They might break things more than they fix things mm-hmm. would be my assumption. But it's not necessarily a end-all, be-all. It's not going to break my, my experience of the game. It just makes it tougher. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of uh, tougher, there is n- 22 scenarios now. Mm-hmm. This game is three, uh, just over three years old. Um, Twenty-two different scenarios to play if you have all the expansions. Um, core box comes with four. And some of the other boxes add one, uh, t- one, two, or three more. And then there's also a couple uh, paid DLCs for like five dollars. You can buy another scenario. There's like three of those. Mm-hmm. So even there's expansions within the app that you can pick up that don't require you to pick up a whole physical option. But gives you a little bit of uh, extra options. Now, the replayability is interesting because one of the things it does well in replayability is I remember when this game first came out, I played the first scenario, Cycles of Eternity, a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. I saw several different map layouts, I saw several different story options. Now, the 
out if I, if I was going to put this in like an outline roughly it's the same you show up at this mansion you probably hear a noise in the coming from the side there may or may not be a butler you talk to mm-hmm. and you're looking for the owner of the mansion what is he exactly doing how is he doing it that can change um, the layout of the mansion itself um, you know we played this one again and I hadn't played in a long time because I've, I've moved past to newer scenarios, but it was recycled. It, it had new layouts using future expansions that I had not even known that they were going back and making new maps. So I, we played a whole new map. Mm-hmm. I hadn't seen that layout technically before because it was using tiles completely new to me. Yeah. Well, I've seen them because I've played other, other scenarios than, yeah, with those tiles, yeah. but not in that scenario, which is actually one of the nice things. Um, the more you have, the more it can remix and the more mystery you have on the replays. Um, one of my favorite, I have, I have a couple favorite moments. So obviously to, to kind of go back in 2016, I was actually out of town working. I came back the weekend. I was flown back the weekend this came out, picked it up on my local game store, punched all the cardboard out. Uh, the monsters actually are little plastic figurines, but there's like little cardboard tokens, kind of like uh, Arkham Horror 2nd Edition has. I grabbed the tokens and left the plastic, took it back with me to where I was training and, and working for, for like six weeks, and played it with my roommate there because I could not not play this game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you've got weird moments. Um, one of the things I love about it that it deals with insanity in a very unique way Mm-hmm. So every character has a sanity score. You beat you you get horror cards, and they do various effects. But if you get your to your sanity score, you get an insanity card. You go insane, and then you get a card specifically yep. to go insane. Yeah, and those change how you play the game. The very first time I had that, um, I couldn't speak anymore. Nobody knew what these things could or could not do. I was the first one of the group to even see what this card does. Mm. And you're not supposed to show anybody. So like, this is my secret. And I'm like, um, how am I going to play this game? If I can't speak, mm. you get creative, but that's one example. Other examples are you have to light everything on fire. Yeah. And you only win if there's like six tiles on fire. And all of a sudden you turn into like this pyromaniac lighting things on fire. And the rest of the table's going, what are you doing? <laughs> Like, it's fine. Don't worry about me. I'm just lighting this on fire. Um, sometimes you join the, 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 the quote, winning side, and you only win when everybody else loses. Yeah. So, like, it mixes it up very much. So you don't want to go insane. Like, you really don't want that to happen if you can't help it. There's sometimes you just can't help it. Yeah. Today, um, uh, my... My insane card told me that I had to agree with everything that Justin said, so he had a real good two hours just hanging out. Yeah, it was fun. And I just agreed with every single last thing he said. So, and that's with all the expansions. So, like, some of those cards are core cards. I know a couple. I think yours was one of the expansion cards. Like, they, they're they adding new, new stuff, new cards. So, the mm-hmm. more you get, the more options and more variety you get out of it. Um. One the other neat thing that this second edition does better than first edition is there's a scenario in the first uh, in the first core box called Rising Tide where there you're stuck in a hotel. Mm. You explore that a little bit, but your investigation's over like three or four days, 
at the end of the day, which is X amount of turns, the game doesn't even really tell you how many turns it is, but you go through it and all of a sudden it's all right. The uh, sun is setting. You guys go back to your hotel. You go sleep next morning. Where are you going? It gives you like three options. It tells you to wipe the map off. Everything goes away. Like the entire board reset. Mm -hmm. And then you lay a tile out because this is the, we're going to the downtown area or we're going to the docks and then you build the downtown or the docks and that's where you investigate the day two day three where are you going next that's cool that's one of the longer scenarios because of those board wipes and the fact that you are playing probably five to six turns in each area it takes a long time to go through it it's it's great though mm -hmm. um that's a scenario that doesn't have a lot of combat you're walking around and talking to people on the streets you're talking to people in the corners so not every scenario is a whole bunch of monster killing. There's a lot of whodunits. There's a whole lot of... Um, there's one that I call the clue scenario, which came out of one of the expansions, which was like, you're invited to a dinner party. And then you're trying to talk to the guests. And then at a certain point, something happens. And then it's a scramble. Mm. It might be combat. You have to figure out who the who the heck's behind it. Yeah. Um, there's a scenario based on the museum. This one's neat because mm. it actually even tells you you should probably take notes because it's a puzzle. You talk to people who came back from this expedition and all of a sudden it's like, well, these curses, these items are cursed, but we don't know which one's the actual cursed object. We just found them all. So you start hearing stories and talking to people saying, oh, well, this object was found on this day in this area. Mm -hmm. Okay, you got like two pieces of information about that object. But then this object was found three days before that other object mm -hmm. um, by this person. Well, now we have a different piece of information. So you have to kind of puzzle, talk to the right people, puzzle it out to figure out which is the cursed object by all these little tidbits. It's a super cool scenario. Mm -hmm. It's hard. It's it's one of those five difficulty ones, but it's a neat scenario that's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, that's one of the things that they, they do very well with the expansion scenarios is each each expansion comes with a couple of scenarios that are kind of grouped amongst the theme. Um, I'll use the most recent one, the Serpents of uh, Path of the Serpent expansion, which has it's very jungly and very snake heavy. Mm -hmm. So one is like the jungles taking over the mansion and things are turning out very weird. Another scenario is like you're in a ancient tomb and like Aztec style tomb and there's snakes and there's traps and there's all sorts of stuff dealing with that. And the third one is kind of like, you're going to an ancient temple to this, you know, the, mm -hmm. the, the elder God Yig and well, stuff's going to get real very fast. <laughs> also watch out for snakes. Nah. So, or uh, horrific journeys is like, there's a boat scenario, an airship scenario and a train scenario. They're all travel scenarios, so they fit a theme. Planes, trains, and automobiles. But they're all different. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I love it for the, the variety and things like that. We've said some negative things. It The estimated time on the app is so off. Mm -hmm. That's like ideal time. Yeah. And most of the time is you're, you're going to hit that top end mm, most of the time. We were 60 and 90 minutes. I think it took us... Just under two hours. 
to get through. Yeah, we were we, um, we set up and going through through pieces. It was it was about two hours, yeah, which is a little over that ninety minutes, and that was yeah. just two of us with five players. It can get a little bit crazier. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I I appreciated about it too was um, the puzzles within the app. Oh yeah. So that that was a very cool little touch to it because it's just like uh, you you'll find things that you need to investigate and they just throw you, they you click on it in the app and it goes all right well you only have Is this a, many moves based off of whatever stat that you have to solve this puzzle solve this puzzle and, and it's because you're trying to pick a lock or you're mm, trying to open a secret pass like it's thematically appropriate yeah. But depending on what investigator you have and what skill it's trying to make you use, man, those can be tough. Because yeah. you only get, like, two moves on this puzzle. You had one puzzle in this last game that you took uh, three separate actions just to solve it. Because right. it would... It, it took us that yeah. many actions to do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, and with the expansions, they released more puzzle types. So they started off with, like, a slide puzzle. Mm-hmm. Um what I call the mind trap puzzle, where you're trying to guess the combination of symbols and or numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they also had um, a, um, it's like the old rush hour game. Mm-hmm. Where you're, Traffic. Yeah, yeah, like traffic rush hour, like you're trying to like slide pieces to free a, third, a, a, a specific piece out. Mm-hmm. So it came with several varieties, and then with the expansions, they've added several others. Yeah, which are which are neat. So, it's a carryover from first edition. They had puzzles in the first edition game, but it was all tile based or card based that you would lay out. Mm-hmm. The benefit that you had in this edition is you get to work together on it. Mm-hmm. Like we can work together to puzzle it through. In the first edition, you couldn't. You were the one doing the puzzle. That's on you. Nobody can help you. Yeah. You can't ask for help, which sucked if you were playing with players who just aren't really good at puzzles mm. or that's just not their strong suit. They're better at other things. And they get that one bad puzzle that they're stuck on. Stuck on. Yeah. Um, so I like a lot of the changes in second edition. There's a reason why I'm always going to be able to say, hey, want to play mansions? Let's do it. Yeah. My question usually is, okay, what scenario has nobody done or few people have done? Because let's do that. I've played them all at this point. They're great. I've played most of them several, uh, most scenarios at least more than once. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few of them that I've got like maybe only two plays on, and I want to see more variety, but they release them so much, and there's so many other games to play. Yeah. I don't have time. So for um, just to bring up one negative point is it has been out for um, just over – three years now correct um you can just buy uh the core and get into it yep like you said starts off at 99.99 uh msrp um this is like every other uh game that you sucked me into um since it's been out expansions have been coming out it is pricier to get into yes. um do you think that um people can just buy this and enjoy this. Do you oh, think? absolutely. Okay. Yeah. You can start with the core and have a lot of fun with it. You get four scenarios with three extras that you can buy in the app for $5 each. Mm-hmm. So you can get up to seven scenarios for only one fifteen. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of replayability and a lot of options. 
it's when you start adding all the other expansions that it starts getting weighty and bloaty. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're not cheap. They're like $40, $60 expansions. Now, granted, they're adding more missions. They're adding more tiles, more monsters. And, yeah. and the older, the other missions that you have are getting remixed with the new stuff, too. So it's overall enhancing every aspect of your game. It's just not cheap. Yeah. So Fair enough. So absolutely, you can get a lot of love out of the core edition. Um and then when you get through those scenarios and you're tired of those scenarios, maybe that's when you pick up the second, mm. the next expansion. Um, I was a carryover from first edition, so when I started with my core, all mm. of my first edition stuff translated over, so I had a lot of options to start with. Mm-hmm. But I still only had the first four scenarios. Yeah, I was still limited by that. It just had more options to remix the maps for me right away, and I had a little bit more investigators. But no, it's it's solid. Yeah. I love it. I think, uh, I mean, unlike the uh, Arkham um, card game mm-hmm. where sometimes you need certain cards and they're in certain packs so you can't just jump straight into something. Do you think if if I bought this core and then bought mm-hmm. the newest expansion, I would have no issue jumping? Yeah. Nope, no issue. So, so I do appreciate they're that. They're very that independent and like that. Um, yeah. They play off each other, but realistically you can pick up any expansion that calls out to you after the core mm-hmm. um yeah i i would probably recommend one of the larger boxes um but that's just because i think they add a little bit more meat to it for the price mm-hmm. um because you're usually getting more investigators more monsters more tiles but that's that's it yeah. Um, and they're usually adding like three Norse scenarios opposed to two. The nice thing is in the app, it will tell you what each one adds. So you can actually go into your app, go into the collection page um, where you where you actually tell the app what you own or what you don't own. Mm-hmm. And it will tell you, um, for example, going into here, I can click on Path of the Serpent, the newest one. It adds 17 new map tiles, three new scenarios. Four new investigators and four new monster types. That's very cool. Um, where Sanctum of the Twilight was one of the smaller expansions. Uh, five new map tiles, two new scenarios, two new investigators, one new monster. So cool. You can actually even see in the app like, is this worth it? Do you know? Is this one going to add a lot or a little? Mm. The price tag kind of tells you that, but ultimately the. Uh, you can weigh out the, if it's the, worth it to go. The app kind of drives yeah. it to you as well. Yeah. Um, officially, there are eight products for second edition. If you have first edition, the reoccurring nightmares and suppressed memories are not needed mm-hmm. because the first edition core box is recurring nightmares. Okay. So I didn't have to buy that. But they found a way to take the stuff that's going to work in second edition and package it and go, here's the second edition stuff if you need, or first edition stuff in this package if you need it. Mm-hmm. If you already own first edition, ignore it. Um, so one, two, five, five real expansions. Fair enough. So it's been out for a while, five real expansions over three years. That's quite a bit. They're, mm-hmm. they're clipping about two, one to two a year at this point, mm-hmm. which is pretty good. I think it's slowing down a little bit. Um, I think it's, I think it's getting close to the end. Um, yeah. As we've seen with other Fantasy Flight titles recently, is 
they kind of have an X amount of expansions in them, and then they're going to call them quits. Like, um, we we just had, um, I think, Elder Signs done, but I, we do know Eldritch Horror is done. This was kind of the game that came out after those, so I think this is might have one, maybe two more expansions left, and then it'll be done. Mm-hmm. So, not necessarily a bad thing, because then you have a lot to play with, and you don't have to worry about catching up feeling yeah. like you're being left behind or anything like that so beautiful yeah so uh who would you suggest this game for Ooh, this one's tricky mm. i recommend this one for someone you have to like co-op games mm-hmm. you have to like you have to not have an aversion to to, to technology at your table I know some people play board games to get away from phones and internet and all that, and that's great. I do that too with some games. This doesn't allow you to do that Mm -hmm. because you need that app. I think it uses it in a nice way where the app is required but isn't necessarily one of those like, man, I might as well just be playing a video game. There's a lot of stuff going on with the board and the pieces and the dice and the cards that Mm -hmm. you're doing a nice combination. So I would recommend someone who's open to that idea who likes those adventure story-driven games, a little bit of mystery evolved, a little bit of don't know what's going on, um, and overall just wants to have a good time with some uh, with some yeah. friends. I would suggest, uh, for, for my kind of suggestion, uh, anyone who is looking for something very thematic, if yes. you really want to get a lot out of a game, um, like you said, um, you can't have an aversion to having some sort of screen at the table with you to go along with it. Yep. But um, I don't necessarily feel that the tablet or computer or what have you takes away from what you're doing. Instead of flipping through a book trying to find a passage, it just brings everything up for you real right. quick. Um, so if you're looking for something that has story and it's going to give you a lot of flavor as you play the game, I definitely suggest something like this. Who would you not recommend this for? I kind of hit some of these on my like not recommended four. Go with the if you're tech aversive and like that's not a good thing. But what about you? Um, I'd say anyone who doesn't want something v- very complicated. This can be this game when you open the box can be very overwhelming. I could see people opening this box and just saying nope putting it on the shelf and never touching it. And to those people, I would say at least give it a chance. Um, but it is a lot to take in all at once. It's a lot of components. Um, the rule the rule set is very streamlined, which is nice. Um, mm. It just looks like a lot. It yeah. looks intimidating. Um, so I can definitely see that if you're int- easily intimidated with a lot of stuff, this game has a lot of stuff. Um, I guess the other person I would probably recommend this for or not recommend this for is because that theme and the flavor text and the reading is so critical. Mm-hmm. If that's not your thing, if you're not playing theme games for the story elements of it, mm-hmm. you're, this is going to feel very dry to you because yeah. if you skip reading what all the descriptors are, is it opens a chest and opens a box or makes that weird noise in the background? You're gonna lose a lot of flavor and text, and and yeah, it's it's not gonna feel right. Mm. So, 
if that's not your jam, this isn't your game. There yeah. are plenty of other games for you. Exactly, exactly. I like flavor. I like lots and lots of flavor. Mm-hmm. So give me heavy theme, give me heavy flavor. Um, you know, looking at it next to Tainted Grail, which is another super heavy flavor game. Yeah, no, I, I know the games I like uh, in that in that category. So mm-hmm. narrative and flavor, sign me up. All right. So that about does it for our review of Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition by Fantasy Flight Games at Tabletop Arcanum. Yes, sir. As always, reach out to us at Tabletop Arcanum uh, on our Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Smoke Signals, Carrier Pigeons. Yeah. Uh, any way they can get to us at tabletoparcanum at gmail.com. Um, Old-fashioned email also works. Oh, yeah. Snail mail. We're not going to tell you where to send it. Just send it to Google and they'll get it to us. Um, <laughs> but otherwise, uh, next next review is going to be... Suro Rising. Or yes, Suro Phoenix Rising. I should probably say the full title there. There we go. Yeah, um, so a little bit lighter game. This was you know, definitely heavy theme. Suro is going to be a little bit lighter, a little bit more fun, a little bit more um, casual game. Mm-hmm. So... We'll talk about that in two weeks, and in the meantime, keep on gaming. Don't go crazy. Go a little crazy? Uh, It's a a little is okay. Don't go too crazy, though. Yeah, fair enough. You still need to defeat the ancient ones. (laughs) This has been Justin. And Ricky. Roll on. Roll off? Roll over? You've been listening to Tabletop Arcanum, hosted by Justin Taylor and Richard Geese, and featuring the original music by Paul Moore and Isaac Gilbert. You can follow us on most social media platforms. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us a review on whatever platform you listen to podcasts. As always, thanks for listening.